Welcome back to the Adult Study Guide podcast from Bogard Press. We're glad you've joined us as we look at the winner of 2021-2022 Adult Study Guide, The Gospel of Grace. As Brother Mark Clements walks us through the Book of Romans, we will see a beautiful picture of God's love for all people and His desire for them to know Him as Lord and Savior. Each week, Brother Mark will walk us through this story as we look at God's grace for us and others. Take it away, Brother Mark! Today's lesson is the Gospel of Grace in Sanctification. From Romans 5:12 through 6:23, seeking the context. An orchid plant has been sitting in our kitchen windowsill for more than a year. One of my children had kept it in a bedroom along with other plants, but became frustrated because the plant seemed to be dying. The plant grows very slowly and only blooms once or twice a year. If you watch the plant day by day, you might not observe any noticeable growth, but it is still alive and well. It is alarming and unnatural when something that is supposed to be alive appears to be dead. If you have raised children, you probably kept up with their weight and height in their early days just to make sure they were within expected ranges for their particular ages. Should a child's height or weight fall outside expected norms, parents and doctors might become concerned something was wrong with the child. Growth may be fast or slow, but God intends for every living creation to grow. The same principle applies when it comes to our spiritual lives. People who repent of their sins and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord are born again of the Holy Spirit. God intends for these new creations, like new additions to His family, to grow in spiritual health until they look more and more like Him, their Father. This process of growing in Christ-likeness is called sanctification. Paul had powerfully demonstrated how all mankind stands guilty before God in need of His grace. By God's grace, because of the work of Jesus Christ, anyone may be declared righteous or justified. Justification, though, is just the beginning of a person's journey of grace. God intends for the new life He creates in Christ to grow. Growing in the grace and wisdom of Christ accomplishes God's desires for believers. Elsewhere, Paul stated explicitly that God's will for his children is sanctification. 1 Thessalonians 4.3 When God's children grow as he desires, he can accomplish his work through them most efficiently. We should desire to keep growing in our faith for the rest of our lives, since our faith will please God and testify of his goodness to the world. Today's text will show us how God's grace works in our lives to help us grow in our faith. What happens when a believer does not grow in holiness? Searching the text. Number one, God's grace released us from the power of sin. Romans 6.14 For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Graduating from high school is a monumental moment. For 13 years or more, and nearly as long as a child can remember, the high school graduate had been in school. From one school year to the next, children moved from teacher to teacher, from school to school, from course to course, until they finally fulfill the requirements of graduation. 
the now 18-year-old, throws his hat into the air because he feels he is finally free. The Christian experiences similar jubilation when he realizes he has been set free from sin. God's law was perfect in every way, but it revealed to mankind his inability to obey God. Instead of feeling like a gift, sin made God's law to feel like a weight to be carried. The harder man tried to obey it, the further he drifted from God. In his letter to the churches in Galatia, Paul wrote that the law was like a teacher which helped God's children understand his desires. Galatians 3.24-25 God's law served God's purposes, but because of our sin, it became a curse. Everyone who failed to fulfill the entire law perfectly fell under the curse of sin. Everything changed when Jesus came. Jesus fulfilled the law perfectly and took away the curse from us. Jesus became cursed for us by dying on a tree for our transgressions. Verse 13. By God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ, we are no longer under the law, but under grace, which means we are free. Sin has no power over the child of God. Like the high school graduate who walks across the stage to receive his diploma and is now free to pursue whatever opportunity may lie before him, we have been set free from sin and are no longer bound by its power. Now we are free to grow in God's grace, to become everything God wants us to become. There are no more excuses for wallowing in sin any longer since Christ has removed its power over us. Sanctification begins the moment a person places faith in Jesus Christ. In that split second, God seals his new adopted child with the Holy Spirit and takes away the weight of sin and shame since Jesus took care of it on the cross. Now God has become the believer's father and he begins to shape and mold him into the image of his son. For children of God, sin no longer has any power to direct or control our behavior. We have been set free to become everything God wants us to become for His glory. Why is it so important to understand sin has no power over you any longer? Number two, God's grace invites us to submit to righteousness. Romans six fifteen through 19 What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are, to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. I remember visiting a zoo with my family when I was a child. As I wandered down the path looking at the animals, I did not realize I had ventured away from my parents. I reached up to grab the hand of my dad, only to realize the man walking next to me was not my dad, but a stranger. I was willing to follow the guidance of a stranger until I realized he was not my father. Now that we are children of God, we have a new authority in our lives who guides us. New Christians may not understand that God shows grace to lead them in righteous living. 
Paul addressed this incorrect thinking of some early Christians who may have disregarded God's leadership since they assumed they were free to live however they pleased. We are always submitting to some authority in our lives. By God's grace, we have been forgiven of our sins, but not in order to lead a life of wickedness. God saved us to sanctify us. But we must choose every minute of every day whether we will yield ourselves to sin or righteousness. As a child, I had a loving dad who took very good care of me and my siblings. It would have been very foolish of me to abandon my family as a runaway. Yet when Christians choose to yield their lives to the power of sin instead of the power of God, we demonstrate a similar spirit of abandonment. Why would a child of God try to run away from him? We are now servants of righteousness, which God created us to satisfy. When we yield to our Father's leadership through obedience, righteousness is the result. As servants of God, we will accomplish just and good works. These works will benefit everyone, will please our Father, and will show the world His glory. Instead of promoting sinfulness, God's children will display upright character, demonstrate love, and promote God's truth. While others may not appreciate these good works, they accomplish God's desires in the world. Beyond this, Paul wrote that this righteousness leads to holiness. That is, the more a Christian yields himself to the will of the Father, the more like Christ he becomes in holiness. Truly, the longer we walk with Jesus, the more we should look like him. How can you submit to God moment by moment throughout each day? Number three, God's grace leads us to anticipate heaven. Romans 6, 20-23 For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin, and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness, and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Over the last few years, our church has attempted to help the unhoused community in our neighborhoods. We see the need and try to assist through a weekly hot meal, a food pantry, clothing pantry, as well as offering hot showers. We share the gospel with them, worship with them, eat with them, and try to listen to them. As much as we have tried to help the last few years, however, the problem of homelessness has not gone away. Homelessness will not be solved easily and requires a permanent solution. The permanent solution to all the problems humans face in this life is to make sure our hope is not placed in the temporary comforts this world provides. We can easily become focused on temporary pleasures of this world. Our fleshly desires can be so strong that we forget to please our Heavenly Father. Paul reminded the reader that living in this former way of life did not produce any eternal benefit. Walking in the flesh is a waste of time and a waste of the gift of salvation. We were saved to make an eternal impact, not a temporary one. It is disheartening to observe how many people live as if this earthly life is all there is. People who live in this way invest their time, energy, and money into things which will only end in death. On the other hand, God's people should realize heaven is their ultimate home, which will direct their focus upward. In this passage, there are two ultimate ends possible, namely death 
or everlasting life. We grow in holiness as we labor for eternity instead of investing in temporary pleasures. People who work for their own pleasures earn death, but those who receive God's gift of eternal life by grace are free to invest liberally in eternal pursuits. The difference in outlook is night and day. A person obsessed with earthly things tends to concentrate on whatever temporary delights may bring happiness. But a person set on obeying God will keep his attention upward, recognizing his home is in heaven. Servants of God will produce fruit that leads to holiness while keeping their gaze fixed upward on Christ. Saints who depend upon God's grace will anticipate heaven and invest in eternity. Why should you focus on your heavenly future instead of your sinful past? Setting the application. We were made to grow in holiness. If we are not growing more and more like Christ as the days go on, something is wrong. Either we have yielded to the dominating power of sin again, we have failed to submit to righteousness, or we cannot keep our gaze heavenward. If a child is not growing as he should, his parents will take him to the doctor to have him diagnosed as to what may be the problem. If we see the absence of spiritual growth in our own lives, we must ask the Holy Spirit to diagnose us. If we ask Him and pay attention, God will reveal areas of immaturity in our lives. Then we must be willing to do whatever is necessary to grow in spiritual health. Whether that means giving up a habitual sin that has dominated us, becoming more intentional about yielding to the Holy Spirit moment by moment, or investing our time, energy, and resources in eternal things, we should do whatever we can to bring God glory with our lives. May we grow into spiritual giants for the glory of God. He desires our holiness, maintaining our distinctness as citizens of heaven, separated from the world in order to demonstrate Christ's likeness for the world. Everyone benefits from our sanctification. It is an investment that reaps eternal rewards. We might not see results overnight, but a commitment to the lifelong pursuit of holiness will yield significant fruit. What changes can you make in your life to better foster spiritual growth? Thanks, Brother Mark, for sharing such great truth with us this week. Join us next week as we take another look at God's Word with Brother Mark. Don't forget to join us daily on our Through the Bible Daily Devotionals on our daily devotional blog at www.bogardpress.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.